Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. This is Jay Weinberg from Slipknot, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Melt Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 198, and we're going to continue on with part two of Cliff Amal. I'm excited. We started this uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then the whole Adam Dubin murder in the front row thing happened. Yeah. You know what happened, honey? Life happened. Life happens. Adam happens. Um, <laughs> I think that was the John Lennon quote, right? Yeah. Adam's what happens yeah. while you're busy making other plans. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, we're back to talk about Cliff, and I'm excited. You know, we've kind of, even with the Adam detour, we were still in that early bay area thrash world mm-hmm. that we kind of never left the cliff world in a sense you know right. and uh so yeah we're going to watch the second half of cliff them all you can dial it up the same way you dialed up the last one you will be able to hear the audio but it's always a more fun experience if you can watch it along with us oh honey please everyone everyone knows this metallica science 3000 or <laughs> what was it called uh, metallica science theater theater 3000 master master i'm ready to jump right into some news there's some news yeah, to talk about there is how are you, by the way? We're here at HQ, too. We are. I'm well. I'm doing well. I love that the fall weather is finally upon us. It's nice, right? I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for my EP to come out this weekend. Yep. Well, as if th- as this is airing, it's been out for a few Congratulations days. Congratulations but... on the future release of your EP. Thanks, man. I'm getting uh, I'm getting potential great feedback. Good. Hi- hypothetical good. good feedback. Hypothetical futuristic feedback. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later and where you can get it and everything. Now, in the news, Metallica announced yesterday that they are doing the Helping Hands concert and auction Live and acoustic from HQ. This is the same show that they did at the Masonic that they put out the killer vinyl for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be on November 14th. It's a pay-per-view special. Sign of the time is my friend. I know, man. Uh, worldwide pay-per-view event benefiting their their uh, their awesome charity, All In My Hands. Your ticket will allow you to watch the show within a 48-hour period once you start the stream. Four different bundles you can get. So listen up, Met fam. Listen. The standard ticket's only 14 bucks. Pretty good. 14 yeah. bucks you're watching the show. That's great. Yeah. And you can and and I think you can watch it as many times as your little heart desires. That's well, that's cool. So for me that's going to be about one or two. Yeah. Cuz I'm good after that. Yeah, totally. Unless they pull out some crazy shit, which you know, knowing them, they might. You never know. The audio ticket bundle is 25 bucks includes an uh, MP3 download of the show. There's an audio and t-shirt bundle 55 bucks plus shipping. 
You get a an event T-shirt done by Wolf Skull Jack, who's kind of a Squindo-type character. Right. And then the last one is a VIP virtual fan ticket, 95 bucks plus shipping for the shirt, and you get your presence on the virtual fan wall for one song. Ooh. I'm going to have my little dog, Valentino and Lucius, oh, up need... there on the virtual fan wall. Oh, they're going to love it. They, they love acoustic guitars. They, you know what they're saying? They're saying bark, 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 but you know what that means? I can translate for them. They're saying play motor breath. It's Please. one of my favorite songs. Please, I, I love Jump in the Fire. Can you do something from Death Magnetic? That's Lucius talking. Uh, can, can we at least hear a little cyanide, honey, please? Something, please. Broken, I'm, beaten, Scott. It sounds like off, off, but that's that they're saying, please, a little bit of suicide and redemption. And pull out, a, pull out the dark horse. Maybe my apocalypse. Maybe my apocalypse. Maybe camp out a little bit in that era, because you know what? It doesn't get enough love, and I'm a dog. That's right. Huh? Um, <laughs> okay, there will be auction items also, just like, uh, you know, Chris Yerges. Mm-hmm. Famously won the auction to have dinner with Torben and Molly. That's right, yeah. And we were formally invited, and both of us could not make it. He did it. invite us. We couldn't make it. Opportunity missed by us. We let him down. We did. I mean, let's go down the list. Again, Adam happens. Let's let's go down the list. We let Chris down. Yep. We let Torben down. Yeah. We let Molly down. True. We let Lars down. Yeah. He's we family. let our families down. Yep. And we let Lucius. Down. I know we we let we let the entire <laughs> Bay Area down. Uh, I'm contemplating currently in real time just making this a Lucius episode. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I might it's not do that. But... A tribute to Lucius. <laughs> um, Bobby Anand, patron and listener of the show, had a pretty good idea that Ethan and I are, are figuring out how to do. Where it'd be fun to watch it on a Zoom hang mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So we're kicking around maybe that Sunday afternoon. Ethan will be out of town, but he may be able to hop in on the Zoom. So everyone can <clears throat> watch it properly Saturday. Right, yeah. Who's able to. And then for anyone, I think Namarta was saying she has to work. People in Linda, I think, has to work too. So people have to work, but we can maybe all watch it together uh, on a Zoom the next day. Yeah, the next day would be cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will be on vacation for my wife's birthday, but uh, I don't see why I couldn't, you know, just hop on by real quick. Will she give you permission, please? May yeah. I have permission to step away, please? Permission to step away from the white sands of the Floridian beach. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And the sands of time slip through the hourglass. We end our lives as Floridian <laughs> moles on the white sandith beach. Well, it'll be fun. Whatever we do, here's what I can tell you. It'll be a nice thing. It'll, it'll be, be a, a nice time. It'll be fun. A neat shirt to have. Because that's what we do here. That's right. Master! Master! All right, the next thing in the news that's worth mentioning is the So What band member chats are kicking back up with mm-hmm. Stefan Shirazi. And uh, these are always like deep, kind of deep revealing interviews with the boys that he does all the time. And they're doing it interestingly this time where they started with James, which was released on October 1st. And we're going to talk about a few things he says in the interview. Then the next, after two weeks, it's Kirk, then Rob, then they end it with Lars. So looking forward to, to uh, the rest of the boys, but the James one came out and to, to read it, I think all you have to do is be a fifth member on their website, which is free. So Metallica.com, if you're not doing that yet, I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but James talks about the lockdown, being in lockdown, Pandemico, the, the driving gig, writing new songs, SNM2. He talks about how Greg Fiddleman's his boy, which I liked. Uh, rearranging all within my hands. He talks about the outlaw torn specifically. Pretty good questions by Stefan. Oh yeah, and he talks a little bit about kind of like his health. So some of the things that are interesting, you're all going to have to read it for yourselves. But uh, I figured some of these would be interesting to talk about on the show. So this is James talking about stability as a result of the lockdown this year. He says, it's really good to have time to just be, not have to have an agenda, but to just chill, soak up life on life's terms, plug into my community here in Colorado. That's definitely the thing that uh, has been difficult for me to have in the past because of coming and going every few weeks. 
not really being able to plug in any commitments or say, hey, let's do this once a week or get together and barbecue, have a cigar pit or whatever. Those weekly things that people get to do. I was not able to do those and now I am. I've built a really cool community of friends, true, unconditionally loving friends, and I would not have had that if I didn't have this time. That's cool. I'm also curious what a cigar pit is. Is it like a fire pit? I think it's a fire cigars? pit. It's well, it's it could be a couple of things. It's either a fire pit type sitch where you smoke cigars. Yeah. Or it's a deep pit made of cigar ash. Yeah, that's, that could be that. Where you can everyone can fit into the pit to smoke said cigars. Or it's like a mosh pit, um, yeah. and you're caught up in a mosh, and right. you're smoking cigars while you do it, so you, you get burned easily. But Yeah, that was kind of my thought, was that they're just doing like a circle pit in the backyards while smoking cigars. It does sound cool, though. I mean, he, he, you know, he says he's got con- unconditionally loving friends. I mean, it, as someone who also has a lot of deep friendships, you being one of them, mm-hmm. that's... And it sounds like he hasn't really had that much before. It makes me happy for him. Absolutely, it does, for sure. Especially in, in a somewhat new community for him and his family. Uh, am I a little miffed that I'm not included in that tight little circle? Mm-hmm. Uh, James, hello. I'm a phone call away, bro. Uh, I can be in Colorado in about 18 hours. I mean, anyway. But am I happy for him, though? Yes. Yeah. Am I a little miffed? Yes. Yeah, where's the text? Where's the phone call? Where's the private jet? All you got to do is send me a private jet. I'll get on it. I'll, I'll fly to Vail. I'll, I'll hang out in your goddamn cigar pit. You have two dudes sitting right here that are full of nothing but unconditional love. Full of it. Full of it. I, I might have too much. I, I have a little bit too much, and I could give some away to one guy. Maybe he's a fleet singer of a little band called Metallica. I'm just going to say my cup, my cup runneth over. It does. Yeah. I bear witness to that. All right. Well, James, you know what to do. Uh, next, he's asked by Stefan, so it's like resetting a metronome that works for you, finding a new rhythm to life, finding a new rhythm to how you make it all work. He says, yeah. And to recognize that it's okay to say that I'm feeling depressed and get depressed. He says, you get depressed after tours and anxious before a tour starts. I wanted to talk about that because you and I obviously have decades of experience with that. Yeah. I always call it the tour blues. Yeah, same. Where you come home, because back in back in the rock days with you and I, it wasn't this, you know, country music can tend to be just like a Thursday through Sunday. But right, right, we, yeah. the school we kind of came up through was like, when you're gone, you're gone for, I mean, I used to go. For, for eight weeks mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. the whole country. I mean, I'm still kind of in that world, you know, pre-pandemic, of course. Yeah, you're still doing um, that kind of turn, I was, for sure. I, I, I was doing it a little bit lighter more in the country realm when I was working for Brandy. Because mm-hmm. she just did a lot of, like, you know, re- three-day residencies on weekends. Yeah. But, yeah, I've done the uh, six through eight to nine-week tours before where I just don't come home. I'm in Europe the whole time or whatever. And uh, I always find that when I come home, I'm really excited to get home. Yeah. I'm really tired. I'm kind of tired of everybody ready to see my wife and my animals and then about a weekend i'm like when's the next tour yeah and it's in in, in, it's you know gotta say it it's nothing against your your family your friends it's just kind of i think how our brains are wired now well those are the people that you lived with on the road yeah some of the normal things that you do in a a developing relationship like a friendship Mm -hmm. you cram a lot of that time in right so a normal friendship that might take a year to reach a certain level of intimacy a six-week tour will do that yeah well yeah because you you're living with this person you're going to get coffee every day you're going to record stores you're making art together you're on a bus crammed mm-hmm. up each other's ass on a bus so um i would get the tour blues where you know inevitably after a tour the old the same tour thread text thread that you're on yep that's like a normal thread just for logistics for day sheets and stuff you just start riffing on tour jokes and, yeah and you have to find that rhythm when you get home and i thought it was cool to to um cool to see that james has that same mm-hmm. struggle for balance and really i mean like he's like he talks about uh, in this interview i mean finding that community that's important for anybody in the world but uh, when you do what me and clint or our friend james does 
uh, it's great to be able to come home and jump right into that community. You know, you have your family, your wife, your kids, husband, whoever, uh, and then to be able to immediately surround yourself with just good people who love you unconditionally. They'll love you like the way a dog loves you. That's right. Dogs don't discriminate, honey, please. They don't. Dogs love you like with the sacred love of a dog. It's so easy for them. A lot of people were curious, of course, about what the boys are doing creatively. This is James talking about writing. He says, I've been playing and writing nonstop, trying to slow down and trying to have the other guys present some stuff that they want to play in Metallica. As far as lyrics go for the next, who knows, man? He says, I definitely need to write something a lot more happy and positive. He's referring to sort of the dark and almost prescient subject matter of Hardwired to Mm Self-Destruct. Yeah. Uh, he says, hopefully that'll happen. Sounds like they're going to make a Ska album. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, 90s Ska. He's asked about S&M 2 and if he's glad that they did those shows, because as we know, he would check himself into rehab right after. He says, you know, at the end of the day, I was not in the best mindset, not in the best shape of my life mentally, physically, spiritually, but I had no clue that I was in that bad of shape. I was just continuing life, living in a real alternate world of addiction, and then coming out of it, coming back and forth into it, and lying lying to myself and everyone around me. But when I look at it, I tend to think, man, you're in a world of hurt right there. But the fact is that we pulled it off, meaning SNM2, and we did it, and it's in the bag. It's part of history, and I'm glad we did it. So, I mean, a pretty revealing little, yeah, little section there. It sounds like, you know, we were wondering, and not to be gross about it, just to the extent that we're fans and we care about the band, but we were wondering, you know, had it been going on for a while? Right. Did you just have a beer in a hotel and get freaked out? And it sounds like he may have been hit, hitting it kind of come yeah that of or, or or you know even if he wasn't maybe hitting any kind of bottle hard you know it was the, the accumulation of all the things he just listed you know like physically mentally spiritually right you know um and all that all and as we know all that stuff can add up very easily and you know pile on the top of each other and, and really take you down but we're you know listen we're glad that, that he pulled through and did it yeah it's awesome and obviously the product turned out amazing yes yeah, so and two kicks ass on the future james says i'm writing they meaning the rest of metallica are writing he says, at some point we'll get together. He says, I know Greg's definitely fiddled around. Ha ha. Get it. Fiddleman get it. joke. With the Zoom connecting, we did the song for the upcoming Disney movie over Zoom, and it was very cool. So again, like Napster or whatever else it is, the internet, people start freaking out about it. He says, you know, COVID, no live shows. Okay, you adapt, and it's important to be of service with our music. So let's do what we can out there, and we're adapting. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So he kind of dropped that bomb, too. So Metallica are re... This is the news. that we, There's not a lot known about it, but they're rewriting, quote-unquote, Nothing Else Matters for the Disney film Jungle Cruise starring The Rock and Emily Blunt. If you smell what Metallica is cooking. it's They're rewriting Nothing Else Matters? Or maybe it's more of a rearrangement. I can just see, like... Reimagining? Re, rewriting the lyric for, like, Circle of Life or something. <laughs> it's a and circle of life. Everything matters. <laughs> everything matters. <laughs> well, we'll have to just wait and see. I mean, Lars was... It was Lars who dropped that news, and yeah. he was kind of being coy about it. He's like, he doesn't want to give too much away. Master! Master! If you like the show, you can leave us a positive review on iTunes. We are doing a contest right now. Right now, the contest it's is happening. happening right now, right now. Right. Where all you got to do, and this is U.S. only. Sorry, international people. We love you. We just sent you some stuff. We love the international people. Oh, yeah, people. of course. Um, but if you leave a positive review on iTunes, your name will go into a drawing, and we're going to give away five things. So five winners. Five. Two of the Murder in the Front Row DVDs, one of them personally donated by Adam Dubin himself. Yep. Thanks, Adam, for that, by the way. Two Squindo books. Which are great. The Year of the Skull, both sent to us by Dear Squindo. Yep. Sweetheart. Actually, we bought we bought one, and he sent us an extra one. Sweetheart of the Southeast. 
and uh, and then also a DVD, a live Metallica DVD, and then a bunch of cool stickers and stuff. So yeah. all you got to do is leave the review. I don't know what else we could do. I don't know how more simply we could do it. It's pretty simple to just clickety-clack over there and just write a review. You want to put a little five-star? You have to actually write a review, not just a rating. You have to write out something. You could just say, this review came out of my butt. Our, our latest review from Dave Ferraro, I think is something I instructed our listeners to say <laughs> or to write. But he wrote that we have luxurious high knees. Yes, thank so that's you. in the review in the review sauce oh, now. I love it. That's the, what's fun about it. Make hey, put a little colorful Heine yeah. review in there. I don't care what you do as long as it's positive. That's right. And we will be drawing those names. We were going to do it on Instagram Live, but I think to avoid the the fiasco of last time, we're just going to do it on the show. Yeah, we'll announce it on the show. But you can still follow us on the socials. And that'll be on, on November 1st. So yeah, follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter and Facebook, YouTube. We're on Amazon Prime now. I don't know why people listen to podcasts over there, but we're on it now. Great. Uh, all the all the crap. You know where to find all yeah, that. Yeah, you know where Now, to find if you are willing and able, and we won't talk too long about this, but we do have a Patreon. It's an important way for you to support the show if you think it has value, especially in a time like this when Ethan and I don't know what's happening in the music industry. Yep. You know, the support over there really means a lot to it us. Does. Now, not only that, we give you a bunch of stuff over there for free. As soon as you sign up, you get a bunch of stuff dumped onto you immediately. Right away. But what's cool is in addition to the iTunes contest, we are giving away a deluxe SM2 vinyl box set. Deluxe. You heard that right. How much were those? Like 200 bucks or something? Like a thousand and million dollars. They were a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. One million dollars. Uh, want to thank a listener and a, a total sweetie pie, Namarda Kalia, out there, who is a friend and patron of the show for donating the box set. Thank you. And uh, all you got to do is go support us on Patreon, and we're going to draw that name too, because we are. <sighs> I mean, Jesus Christ. We're basically like Santa Claus. It's October. It's the season of giving, right? It's the season of, and now the season of hallowed giving. Hallowed givings. So that's all the homework over there. We did get a couple of new patrons, so we always want to at least mention their name on the show and say thank you. Ken Holmes increased his pledge. We got Jared Mason and Sam Hart. I'm going to give him a clappy clap. Hero comes along. We need to really learn that song and sing Don't it. I know the next line. <laughs> Hero lies in you. I know the t- <laughs> that was kind of a weird <laughs> pop punk slash modern country. I put kind of the yeah the the dad tonight, tonight guy in there yeah. mixed with a little bit of a, a little bit of Alanis Morissette. There lies in you dad. tonight, <laughs> dad. <laughs> master, master. Uh, Ethan, so you got your lockdown EP that's already out. It's very yep. cool. It's it's five songs, six songs, six songs. Yeah, and uh, you can get those anywhere that you get music. Anywhere it's- you can stream, download music. Of course, I'd prefer if you just got it on iTunes or whatever. The only place that it's not is on my uh, Bandcamp page, but okay. it, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, blah 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 blah. Cool. Well, everyone knows what to do. Go they find do. it because first of all, the music kicks ass. Second of all, you were supporting a, a musician who's took this time to do something productive and creative, and uh, and I've heard the tunes and they're killer. So I'm excited, yeah. There you go. Even's other podcast is called The Pirate Satellite, interviews with cool people like Nick Rasky Lennox and John Davis. Our homie John Davis right. talking about Super Drag. That's, that's the latest right. episode, right? Yep. That's the latest episode. My last one was with my friend Ginger, who uh, used to be in the Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. That was a fun one. Cool. Uh, yeah, lots of good sauce over there, and I got more coming. Very cool. And uh, my other podcast is called I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. You can find that by searching for my name and wherever you search for stuff. That's me and Bob Schneider. And if you like my flavor on the show, you should check that podcast out. It's me and Bob. We talk about whatever. 30-minute episodes. They're tight and right. Short and sweet, man. And you'll like it. I think you'll really like it out there. I, I know. I, I do. Okay. The best way to get a hold of us traditionally and forevermore is our email address. We got a mailbag. That's right. 
we got a little mailbag over there. That's right. Well, actually, it's not quite. It's not little, is it? Not little. It's a pretty large digital mailbag. It's metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. You can write into us, and we will read it on the show. Now, we get way too many to read every week, but we do select about five and dip in with the Metal Up Your Podcast family. We're going to do that now, and we'll be lovingly referred to as the Email Portal! Okay, our first email is from Anthony Broom. He says, hey guys, still working my way through the back catalog of the episodes. I heard you guys talking about Dream Theater in an episode and describing them as a good and talented band, but boring to listen to. What are other bands that fit that bill for you as a follow-up? What are some Metallica songs that you find objectively great musically, but that, that might bore you the most? With love from Detroit, Michigan, New Jersey, Anthony Broom. Um, I don't think any Metallica songs, I mean, this sounds pandering, but it's true. I don't, I'm not really bored by any like even the songs I don't like, they don't bore me. Yeah, I mean, maybe "Don't Tread on Me" is a little boring to me. I see. I, I I'm the opposite on that. I love that song. I was listening to the Black Album on vinyl this morning, and I love it too, though. Yeah. So I don't. I, I I mean, I'm just trying. I'm. I don't know why I'm trying to find something negative. I don't really find any songs by Metallica boring. I'll say this: there's there's times on certain Slayer songs where maybe it's not boredom. It's more. It's that fatigue we talk about. Um. Yeah, I mean, or a band like you know, like you know, he mentions us talking about Dream Theater in the past. I'll tell I'll tell you a band. Okay, and I don't want to camp out too long here because it's kind of negative. Yeah. But a band that is just, without a doubt, amazing. But I, 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 it doesn't it doesn't excite me. Is Steely Dan? Yeah, I could see that. There are certain moments that are real thrilling. I love I, I love two two of their records, like their most popular records. Right, uh, right. Asia, but they have a Asia lot. And the Royal Scam. They have a lot though. They do. They have a lot. Any bands that pop out to you is kind of like great band, but just boring. I think Slayer's in that category for sure. Uh, <clears throat> a much more simple band uh, to me. Simple Minds. Weezer. Oh, I mean, I, that I'm, makes me sad. No, I, this is not, that mean I don't like the band. <laughs> I just think their last like eight albums. There's like a couple good songs on. They're, they've never been like, oh my god. Yeah. To me, nothing's really lived up up, up to the first three records. Yeah, totally. Um, and seeing them live is definitely boring. They just they just stand there. You might as well just play the record. On. Did Did you see when Mike Portnoy got mad at me on Twitter? No, I was kind of being a jerk. I I didn't think he would see it because he's Mike Portnoy, right? But but he came out with a like a vinyl review video of him talking shit about Load and Reload, and Tom Quee retweeted that and what and kind of was you know he's like the Reload villain. So hello, hi, it's me, Tom Quee. Right, 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 right. and uh, which he's a dear friend of mine. I'm not making fun of him. He'll, he will laugh at me doing that. He will. Hello. Um, hi. Hello. Great greetings and hello and salutations. Uh, hallucinations. And, and, and aloha and, and, and et cetera. But uh, so I, I wrote back to that. I was like, because he kind of wrote ha ha ha. You yeah. know, like Mike Portnoy shitting on Reload proves anything. Right, right. And I wrote back like, and this was meaner than I meant it, but I wrote back, hmm, who gives a fuck about what Mike Portnoy thinks about Reload? That's kind of my thing. He wrote back. He didn't even write anything. He sent back a picture of him holding two middle fingers up. <laughs> you think he was genuinely bummed? No, he's dude. He he has to deal with trolls like me all the time. I wrote back a thing. I was like, "Hey, Mike." I was like, I, "I'm really." I I apologize. Yeah. I I did what people need to do more of on the internet, and I said, "It's kind of a thing between me and Tom." I didn't think you'd see it. I was like, "You're a badass," and I didn't I didn't mean it. I'm like, yeah, I apologize. He is a badass. He he's a great drummer, and he's a huge Beatle freak. Yeah. And he like he's come to Lars's defense when people say Lars isn't a great drummer. Like, I hated that he got mad at me. Yeah, yeah. it upset. Like, if Dave Mustaine got mad at me, I wouldn't like that either because I don't want I don't want to start shit with people. 
but I wouldn't be as like when Mike Portnoy was like shot me the birds. I was like, oh, that sucks. Because I don't really have any bad feelings about Mike Portnoy. He got caught in the reload wars, dude. He really did. He got caught in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Stray bullet. Sorry, sorry, Mike Portnoy. Okay, yeah. So Andrew Sykes writes in. He says, hey, Clint, Ethan, and Paul. What's up, brothers? Just a quick email to say thank you for all the awesome content you guys have been providing. Three episodes in the last week. I'm struggling to keep up. He says, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode with Adam Dubin. A great interview. He's such an amazing storyteller. I found Murder in the Front Row on Amazon Prime a few weeks ago, watched it then, so it was great timing, and I appreciated listening to your thoughts in the commentary episode. He says, I found an older documentary called Get Thrashed on Amazon Prime and have watched it since. It branches out a bit more and talks about the thrash overseas as well as the Bay Area. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, totally. One of the things I found very interesting was that Allison Chains were on the bill for the Clash of the Titans Tour in 91, replacing Death Angel as the opening act supporting Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, and they were not received well by thrash metal fans. I can see that. They're not, see that. They're in not the, thrash. In the, early, in the early 90s, yeah, I could definitely see that. I also enjoyed listening to your thoughts about the great Eddie Van Halen. He was an absolute genius. Some of my earliest memories of listening to music as a kid was repeatedly listening to songs like Jump and Beat It. Those guitar solos impressed me so much at a young age, and they still do. Kind regards, Andrew Sykes, New South Wales, Australia. You guessed it. New, New Jersey. Jersey. And by the way, we don't add that New Jersey. People write that every time. Oh, yeah. Time. It's literally, it's, I mean, it's rare that an email doesn't, here's one that finally doesn't end with it. But yeah. Did, did you see that they have reissued a vinyl for facelift? I did not and see I've that. I've already purchased it and uh, it ships like November 11th. Oh, my. They, I, I haven't seen any details on this, but apparently there's a big box set too. I know you're not a big box set guy. I just got the vinyl. Yeah, twenty bucks, twenty three bucks, done. Facelift. I love it. I cannot wait. I can't wait either. One of the coolest debut rock albums ever. I don't have that. Well, I, I will get that. I also don't have dirt on vinyl, which is you, kind of you surprising. can get that anywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They've reached that and stuff. You, you need to get that for yeah. sure. Self titled record, also known as Tripod. Yeah, that is that's out of print. Very out of print. I have that one. You do? I do have. A I didn't know that. Yeah, I, a friend gave it to me like. 10 years ago i am very jelly i don't want this i'm like are you sure this is hard to find those are like three four hundred bucks oh yeah oh yeah or more i'm hoping that with the reissue uh, a facelift hopefully it's successful and it will encourage them to do it i mean there's a lot of great albums i mean a lot of the mid-90s manson stuff you mm-hmm. can't get on right. vinyl it's like how is antichrist superstar not on vinyl the, the 90s into the almost early 2000s were a bit of a dark era for the vinyl world it's just weird that they haven't repressed them i know now it's Everyone's 2020 stuff yeah. i know you can't get a lot of the Van Halen stuff. So yeah. I, I'm wondering if they're going to do like a big, you know, now that Eddie's passed away, they're going to do like a right. big, you know, remix, remaster, push, yeah. sell the back catalog. But like you can't get a lot of the Hagar era stuff, like new. Yeah, I got I, I have 5150. Which I have that also. such a kick-ass record. 5150 is my Van Halen record right now. That is... Top to bottom. Such a great record to come out of the gate with a new singer. They crushed it, dude. Crushed it. It's just hit city, man. It reminded me of just uh, that. Obviously, the sales are much different, but the quality reminded me of Back in Black as far as yeah. coming in with a new singer. Yeah. Oh, crap. What's going to happen? You better kick ass. And it kicks ass. Yeah, right. Know? Right. So, All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Next email is from Alex. Hey, guys. It's your old pal, Alex, from Maidstone, England. Hello, Alex. Jules Holland Land. <laughs> I uh, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed Clint discovering cryptic writings. I remember vividly being hugely into the album when I was 14 uh, when it was released, and it's it's kind of burned into my teen years along with Load and Reload. Thanks for the Explore the Big Four series. It's super fun listening along and enjoying your reactions and educated opinions. Thank, th- uh, thanks for the show, guys. 
Uh, it's pure therapy in tough times. Stay safe and well. Alex Maidstone, England. Here it is. New Jersey. New Jersey. There it is. All right. Our next email is from Neil Lumsden. This is a little longer, but it's really sweet. So I wanted to, I wanted to read this. Uh, he says, what's up, brothers? Back in the first week of January this year, I started on a journey that I'll admit I never expected to complete. I put off listening to the podcast, our podcast, for almost a year as I stumbled from one true crime series to another, from one music podcast to another. I'd seen how many episodes you had and feared putting in the time to start it in case I got bored and didn't finish it, as I've done with another podcast with a similar amount of content. He says, I eventually bit the bullet in January. I drive for a living, and I still remember exactly where I was on the road when the pair of you came back from the future at the start of episode one to say the ice crunching would eventually stop. (laughs) He says, I'm lucky in that I can listen to whatever I want at work so you can work out for yourself how much content you put out when with the exception of my football team's weekly podcast, I've listened to nothing else for nine months while working except Metal Up Your Podcast. Wow. He says, I've listened to every episode and not once have I been bored, skipped ahead, or been annoyed by the emails or Tangent City. In fact, I love Tangent City. The information about Metallica that that I've learned from you both is incalculable. I became a patron after about a week. I knew by then I was more than happy to make that commitment. Uh, as well as starting from the beginning, I also started listening to the new episodes as they came out. It was just before Ray Burton died that I began the journey, and the first contemporaneous episode I listened to was the anniversary party recap where you announced his death at the start. A devastating time for the Metallica family, obviously not a comparable event, but as I reached that episode a couple of days ago, I felt bereft again. Saddened at the remain that the reminder of the passing of such a great and humble man, but also at the end of my journey with you. Not the end, obviously, but after Monday mornings are over, I'm going to have to find something else to listen to, and it'll be really strange. I just wanted to say thanks for everything you guys have done, from the Cover Our World Black and EPs to the Metal Tale series, to the giveaways, to keeping us all going during the current coronavirus crisis, with episodes and cover songs, and of course, to the ridiculous amount of episodes you've put out. He says, as far as I'm concerned, every episode you put out, bonus or not, counts, and you're nearly at 300. Unbelievable commitment. From the Metallica community, thank you. Neil Lumsden, Manchester, UK. Wow. That's a sweet email. That is a very sweet email. Makes Some, makes a lot of the hard work feel worth it. It you know? does. And every once in a while, I, I, do, I often forget that there's that many episodes out there because we don't usually title the bonus stuff episode whatever, you know, which we probably should have looking back. But yeah, we're pushing 300 episodes of content. Yeah. Just, just crazy. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I, I imagine it does have to feel kind of weird if you've listened to us almost exclusively for nine months and yeah. now there's no new episode. But a lot of people have told us that they just went back and either listened to their favorite episodes or or started from. Some people started from the beginning and did it I again. Know. It's crazy. Did the ride again? I Man, I've done that for like t- like Breaking Bad or something. Yeah, you know. But uh, I can't imagine doing that for just something audio. Well, to some people, we are Breaking Bad. That's, hey, that's great. To some people, we're we're building and, and selling meth out of my house. We are the ones who knock. <laughs> Say our name. <laughs> yes, science. Um, <laughs> I really do appreciate that, Neil. All right, one more email. Last email from Matt Curry says, Hi, guys. It pains me to defend Dave Mustaine's use of market research and cryptic writings, but I think it makes some sense. Metallica's done the same thing since 1981, the difference being that, that their mar- uh, market research is Lars himself, who has been able to see clearly how Metallica fits in the musical landscape. The other band members have also brought their own diverse musical interest to the band, which allows for real-time research of the musical landscape. It's a formula that has served them well for almost 40 years. They don't need management to educate them. Megadeth's lineup has shifted so much over the years, and Dave's personal issues have meant that for much of the time, no one was in the driver's seat, so to speak. Let's face it, Dave is not as smart as Lars when it comes to the business side of his game, 
he needs his management's help. Guess what I'm saying is that the members of Metallica are much smarter and <laughs> this sounds so mean, are much smarter and have a much better sense of the musical landscape that they never needed management to help them in the way that Dave, Dave Mustaine needed it. Uh, Dave was lucky that he had management that was willing to educate him uh, when he needed it. That said, as Clint mentioned, Dave should have never mentioned that he did the research. There's no need to reveal trade secrets from Matt. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see what Matt's saying. I also kind of just disagree. I mean, saying that Lars was their field researcher isn't quite the same as as looking at actual market research. I think in, in Lars's case, I mean... That's just it, it, that was his attitude. That was his lifestyle. Was immersing himself in cultures of different types of music. And, and I don't think he made the music based on that. I think he made the music he loved. Lars right. loved the new wave of British heavy metal. He didn't like love you know a different kind of music, but he made that in the Bay Area because that's what the kids liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he was one of those kids that liked it. Right. Yeah. Totally. So to me, that just seems different than Megadeth puts out however many records before countdown or mm -hmm. euthanasia or cryptic writings and then he's like they're like we're gonna look at the data I, you know yeah maybe metallica did that i mean for, for all we know with metallica the big change was after the justice tour they were like we were tired of playing those songs yeah we we didn't want to play nine minute songs anymore right of course and then we we noticed that our fans were tired there's no indication that they like well, we had a we had a we locked ourselves in the in the laboratory for, at the data. and we looked at crunched the numbers and out came a little cube that said into Sandman. That's right. A little five minute <laughs> barn burner that was going to be the most recognized metal riff of all time. Yeah. I, I think they just did that because they're Metallica. Yeah. Which I think actually is what Matt's saying. Yes. Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world blackened ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slain castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show the chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios. <laughs> Uh, I'm ready to watch Clue All, part two. Yeah, me too. All right, here we go. So this is where we left off. Yeah. Hanging out either backstage or hotel room. Just. Uh, I love James when he just freezes like that. That's probably, it looks like maybe at the Metallica mansion. Yeah, maybe so. Very home movie vibe. Oh yeah. We should go to and this is this is like back then when they're just they, everything everything's metal. They're metal. Their lifestyles metal. They listen to metal. He just said we should go to fucking Tokyo. 
Metal Hammer Fest, Germany, September 14th, 1985. You can watch this whole show on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I want that Explorer. I want that shirt. I want everything on stage. <laughs> Chew your fate and die. Chew your fate and die. Jest. Whoa, that was a really good early yeah. Yeah, totally was. It was kind of like a mid-90s, yeah. I'm also loving Lars's concert toms. You know what that is, if you're a non-drummer, that means there's no bottom head. It deadens up the toms like crazy. It's very 70s. It's very. I was going to say it's very Van Halen. Yeah. There might be heads on some of the... I just saw it on his very first rack tom. There was a mic underneath it. Those are concert toms. Cool little melody change. Yeah. James had some pretty bitchin' like long metal hair. Oh yeah. Ooh, another good yeah. Yeah. I love '80s thrash when like dudes like Hetfield wear white sneakers. I might pull my white Converse back out. It's very uh, yeah, it's very '80s thrash. Also very Saved by the Bell. Very Zach True. Morris. Yeah. The demon of denim back there, Cliff Burton, is looking cool as hell. Sorry, Cliff, can you wear some tight pants and some uh, white sneakers? He's like, fuck you. What? <laughs> I love these sections, too, that don't have solos. I know. just It's just a riff section. Just riffing it. Yeah. Love it. It's an awesome riff. Mm-hmm. I love Cliff's halftime headbanging. I know. <laughs> halftime headbang, man. It's the best. Halftime headbang. That's a good band name. It is, yeah. Maybe I'll start that as the rival band to Lunar Satan. Good luck. Yeah. So, dude, they were cutting out the bridge back then. Yeah. The slow bridge. Yep. Well, it's kind of a momentum killer. I mean, especially on that record, too. Nothing really gets slow on that record other than parts of anesthesia. Just screaming on stage. So much passion in that man. I mean, but he has that thing that, like, I, I, I remember when I was a kid seeing shows, like, 
you loved him because he was so badass, but he was also kind of scary. Yeah, because it's sure. so real. It's so real. It's not like what every musician you see does. I mean, I would imagine in general, going to a Metallica show in the '80s would have been scary. Yeah. Yeah, I had friends like in junior high that would go see Metallica, and I wasn't allowed to or whatever. They would come to school the next day with a black guy. I'm like, what happened? They're like, oh, the pit got gnarly last night. I'm like, oh. My uh, my old friend Hector Gonzalez, who's a listener of the show, I mentioned him on the last Cliff Mall episode, and we started messaging the other day, and he was like, man, I can't believe you you remembered that Cliff Mall VHS in junior high. He's like, that thing got circled around all of our friends. Yeah. Someone bar for a week, and then all well, that's that stuff. what I I did a um. I did an Instagram post about that where I was like, raise your hand if you borrowed this from your big, you know, yeah. a grumpy big brother. And totally. some of the people were like, I was that big brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- I didn't have a brother growing up. So, like, my friend Hector, my friend Santos were like, they were a year older than me. So they were like my older metal brothers, you know? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, the, the spiritual brother, you know? Like, the, the, the kid who let you borrow it. And those, those kind of dudes are great to have in your life, man, because I wouldn't know hardly any metal if it wasn't for those dudes i would probably know metallica and stuff like that but those dudes like got me hip to like anthrax and sepultura all that kind of stuff man kirk has a really strange echo on you hear that echo yeah it's cool but he doesn't could it be be the, the room maybe nothing else really has that echo like yeah, James' guitar doesn't have that. That was a real roomy verb on that on that tone. James playing fade to black with the V. Love How it. about that? I mean, shoot, back then, he's probably only having that guitar, that maybe a white, a white explorer. Probably didn't have that many guitars on the road back then. Where's the Ken Lawrence guitar? Where's the Wolf to Man explorer? Do you think at any point they were ever like kind of nervous about playing this song live? Maybe, maybe at first, but then when they saw the response, look, I mean, I mean, this, this is a great everyone's, response here. Everyone's yeah. going nuts. Here, because here's the deal: it's a ballad and all that. They've just earned everybody's respect, yeah, and they knew it. So they're like, yep. and, and the song gets nuts at the end. Yeah, totally. It gets nutty, as they say. Real nutty. Man, I remember uh, going back again to like my junior high years of listening to 105.5 KNAC. It was like the hard rock station in L.A. And uh, I remember staying up late and, and they would do a thing. I can't remember what night of the week it was. It was called Mandatory Metallica. Yeah. And they would play like rare cuts like this, like live stuff, bootleg stuff. And I would always tape that shit. I'm imagining like John Marshall or whoever was guitar teching, just hitting like the button on the amp to change the clean to clean tone. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah. like, were they using foot switches? They probably back then? had a foot switch. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid growing up, the foot switch was extra money. Yeah. So I had to just hit the button on the amp while I was playing. Yeah. To change from <laughs> clean to gain. My my first decent amp after like my little squire practice amp i had a fender m80 head it was like that furry kind of not tolex but yeah a little fuzzy and it was like kind of like light gray yeah 
and it came with the foot switch. Awesome. And I ran it through a 212 that someone at my church gave me, and it was shorter than the head. So it looked like a T, but I wore that head out. I wish I still had it. Solid state, no big deal. Could you imagine telling our, however we old, were, however old we were in that time, all the cool gear we would have now? I know. Like, hey, Ethan, one day you're, you're, you're going to have, gonna like have five amps. You're going to have everything you want. What? Yeah. And I'm still on Craigslist and Reverb all the time, like, huh, how can I get that Explorer? How can I get an Eddie Van Halen guitar? Dude, I came across some great recreation videos of his 5150 guitar, and some people, like, really went all out. Oh, yeah, I've watched those. Dude, it, it, was, it was really fun to watch. Someone is too late. God, I love this song. I mean, we've talked about this forever, but no one could compete with these songs. No. In that time. They just couldn't. They, no one was writing songs as good. No. Sorry. They weren't. Like, all these years later, I still kind of can't believe how good this goddamn song is. I know. Writing this shit in your early 20s. Doesn't have a I chorus. Mean, yeah. No chorus. You know, it's like so many things about the song are so crazy. Yeah. Iconic solo parts. Absolutely. Great lyric. Great melody. Uh, three key changes. Or technically two key changes. Song starts in A minor. This is an E minor. Then we go to B minor right here. Well, the song starts in B minor. Oh, it's, yeah, it starts in B minor. Then goes to A minor. So, yeah, three key changes. Well, that bridge is E. Yeah, that bridge is E minor, yeah. yeah. I still don't know if I've gotten confirmation if that is the Jackson that Kirk is playing. Is that the one he still plays on Sabbath True today? Someone told us that yes, it is. It is cool. Yeah. I'm sure I saw that, but lots of input with this podcast. Well, I love that he's still playing it. It makes me happy. I really wanted one of those Jacksons growing up. I never liked Jacksons. I liked them because of Kirk. Yeah. When I see him play it, I'm like, I got to get one of those. And I, I always associated did. them with Megadeth, to, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And that made me not like them. That or like Randy Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Badass. He had one. But I always, my mind, I always see him with that Les Paul. Yeah. Polka dot Les great, Paul. Great one, too. So, man, in this era, Kirk could have done some weird thrashy solo this is such a melodic yeah well written solo <laughs> Lars just a silhouette is he hitting like toms is that what that see he put he turned that echo back on you hear it yeah I wondered back then if they're running it through like, like an echoplex or something. Echoplex or something like that, yeah. Yeah, those toms sound great. <laughs> Concert toms. Yep. It's it is strange to see Lars like kind of buried back there. I know. All the early stuff's like that. He's just the drums are all like above his head. Yeah. That was Cliff getting high. <laughs> Looks like they're in a, a you know a million green rooms that we've been in. Yeah.
it's like the heaviest pot ever to hit these shores. It's like the pot like no other pots ever had been had in this country. It had to go through Lou. Me and Lou Martin's special blend. Big rigor inspection. Spatial. Fucking had to pass through the hands of the... Man, he does not look like he's in his 20s. No. That's how all these dudes were when we were growing up. Like, I always thought, oh, they're all in their 40s. And they're like, no, he's, he's 22 years old or whatever. It's, it's weird, too, how different Cliff can look. Right. I love, too, these indoors sunglasses on. Yeah. He's a rock star, man. They're just killing time on the road. Metal Hammer Fest continues. Okay. Okay. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. The lighting guy's just hitting every button. Uh. As cool as you know, technology is nowadays to have an amazing production in a show, I love seeing nothing but park hands. Oh, yeah. On and off. Yeah. Probably because we grew up watching this, this damn yeah, DVD for sure. or VHS whatever. I wish... Uh, the rig rundown videos existed. Oh, yeah. I would love to know everything they're playing through. I mean, obviously, there's Marshalls, but like, what's on that pedal board that Kirk has? You know, probably a wah pedal, of course. They hadn't quite mastered, like, roaming the stage. They're all kind of staying in their yeah. <laughs> little quadrants. Totally. That's interesting to see. Because, man, they, they're one of the most, like, active you know in the stadium tour they all came out and kind of for the first song or two stood in their areas right after that they're everywhere everywhere yeah the whole show yeah and then the arena shows in the round just always man always aware of where each other is and spread out well and giving giving different fans different perspectives ooh 80s video effects look at that Cutting edge. It's pretty hard to imagine people at the time watching that being like, that was so sick. Dude, look at that. Like two screens in one. (laughs) And it's slow motion and animated. Whoa. Loose pot was good. You know what? It's like the uh, Money for Nothing video. Yeah. The Dire Straits video. With Sting on backup vocals. Yep. I want my yeah. yeah, the editor got real cute during. Yeah, for sure. Thing. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna do some cute oh, stuff. There it goes again. I mean, I remember doing early video editing, like for my church and stuff, like VHS to VHS, and these kind of effects being in like this machine. Yeah. And you had to like. Do it on the fly. It was it was 
It was really fun back then, but so bad looking. Sounds rad. Man, really cool. Such a cool double tracking sound, yeah. Because they're both playing it, but people pay a lot of money for pedals that'll make that sound, yeah. Because sure. that double tracking thing. Oh, back to the weird effects. I'm telling you, the editor got a little, got a little bit by the cute bug. I think he smoked some loose weed <laughs> and started editing. I mean, at this point in their career, too, James's voice is already starting to kind of develop into what would be so great on Puppets and Justice. You know, yeah. it, it's not just the high, kind of high-pitched screaming of Kill 'Em All. Well, and they talk about how these these European tours are what did it. Yeah, you know, like really can't really can't replace the cold hard experience right, yeah. and how that'll turn you into the musician that yeah, you're going to sure. become. Uh-oh. Comes another flying screen. <laughs> this week on Saved by the Bell. Totally. Kind of to what you were mentioning earlier about the standalone riffs with nothing over them, this is another one where it's like they could have ended the song after the chorus. They're like, no, no, but we have this extra riff we didn't use. Let's just throw it on the end of the, after the last chorus. And then it goes into another riff. Yeah, it's so cool. Just another one. I mean, that could have been a whole other song. Totally. Kirk turned that echo on again. Yeah, that one. You know why I think that? Because I heard it. I heard it in my ear. Great. That's a great picture. Great photo of the band. That's the Metallica mansion. Probably Ross Halfen. Didn't mock. I love the lineup of that one. Phil Collins, Elvis Costello, a Madness was on this. And they were in the middle of all that. So crazy. That's pretty cool. Some of that tone. Yeah, man. I know. 
It's like a razor blade. What year did you say this was again? 86. 86. So I wonder if at this point puppets have been released yet. I don't know the date of this one. Look it up. It was summer, July. Yeah. Yeah, so Puppet's already been out for a few months at this point. People pumping their fists to the intro to Sanitarium. Like, yeah! This rocks so hard! <laughs> Lara's even more buried with his drum kit. Do you think they were traveling with all those boogies, or were those just part of the festival backline? Probably. I mean, in that, that last uh, couple songs, they had a bunch of marshals Ooh, behind him. You hearing these clammy clams? A couple, couple clams. Looks like Lars is playing that same kid, I guess. Concert toms. Dude's putting up the horns with the uh, spiky wrist cuff. Is that Carrie King in the crowd? <laughs> middle solo. Yeah, me too. Earmuffs. Wow. Come on, James. There are children listening. I'm going to have a talk with him about that at the cigar pit this weekend. Yeah, we should talk about it. Yeah, those mesas are probably cliff cabinets. James and Kirk are probably into the Marshalls, and on the outsider. Surely they're dummies. Surely they're dummy cabs. Yeah. I'd imagine maybe one on that side of the stage just for Kirk to have some low end that's not in the wedge. I mean, there's no mics on most of them. Oh, yeah. We have Kiss to thank for that fun trick. Yeah, no joke. They kind of invented that. I mean, like, Hendrix was kind of doing it in the 60s. But he would just have like one or two full stacks that were both running. There was yeah. no dummy stuff right. about it. Right. They're both on. Yeah. Cliff, look, real time headbanging. 
That's still the halftime. But he is even slower than that, man. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah, that's a slow one, yeah. <laughs> is that like a maroon kit? Or is it black? Yeah, yeah he's kind of a yeah, dark red. One might call it crimson. Crimson red, maybe. This is a snappy little part. This makes me want to dance. Let's do a little shimmy. delay on that part on Kirk. Well, they shortened it a little bit. Sick, man. What a great song. As much as I lo <clears throat> love Fade to Black, I was always more, just a little bit more partial. How dare you? Listen. Well, how dare you? I mean, look, they're both the same formula. Yeah. You know. I probably got into this record before Lightning anyway as I was younger. Well, how dare you? <laughs> I dared. Dare I say I, I dared. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Cliff. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, another bass solo. God, that already sounds so bitchin'. That boogie on the left is probably his, right? Yeah. Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah. So cool, man. I know. The way he's kind of opening up that envelope filter. Yeah. Didn't play it like a bass player, man. He's playing these like major scales yeah. and stuff. He's putting like some of that harmonic minor in it too, look though. That, look at that, his right hand. The claw. Dude.
after the show, someone from the future goes, hey, guys, just want to know one day you're going to make an album with an orchestra. <laughs> like, what? One day, Bob Rock's going to be your bass player, and he'll put a capo on his bass. <laughs> and you'll play on a flatbed truck. You're like, huh? Uh? Yeah, the harmonic thing is so cool. Jeez, so good. Interesting, going into horse. Yeah. It was Larzy Poo. Playing a guitar. Playing guitar, yeah. He looks like he's in the Lost Boys. Yeah. Hella hot. Hella hot. <laughs> Do you all know Cliff Burton? They all sound like little chipmunks, man. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Then he combed his hair again. Yeah, then he got t- Day on the Green, Oakland, August 31st, oh, 1985. Small gig for a few friends. Very famous uh, show here. This is the footage they always use, of course. Everyone knows this. Yep. When Rob is a solo. It's August in California, and Cliff's wearing all denim, denim jacket. <laughs> I mean, in the in that area, it doesn't get that hot. Not yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be a heat wave here and there, but it's still pretty, pretty nice. I love when he bends bass strings. It sounds so cool. No, and by the way, not easy to do. No. Unless you're Mr. One Cliff, Clifford Bernstein Burton. I could take the stage in front of a hundred thousand people if I knew I had that song on the set list. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. I'm with you. Again, same album, same you know, obviously eighty four fit uh right. Ride the Lightning. No one had songs this good. Nope, they did not. They had speed and power and scary and yeah. cool. Which is great. Which is great. I mean these are songs. He played a lot of that Strat and that and that uh, Jackson V. Yep. Kirk did a lot in this era. That was cool. Yeah. 
I bet you Ray Bird was at this show. Yep. Just a dude walking at the steps in the background. I was like, I'm, I, I can't stand this. I'm out of here. They're too darn loud. Oh. <laughs> did you see that? Cliff kind of hit a bad note, but he just slid up. He, he turned s- it in like a run. He totally did. That was pretty cool. That's a that's a smart kick, kick-ass musician. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, these runs he's doing are crazy. I've never really paid attention to that. Kept that nice and short. Yeah, they did. And then he played a guitar solo. <laughs> a lot of intros of Four yeah. Horsemen on this. Unnatural? What do you mean? Can you see? knife or a blade or anything it's the metro show it looks like chicago august 12th 83 very first tour supporting raven on the kill em all for one tour this is the metro show yep (laughs) they hated posers oh they totally did it's got an email from avi did you see that Ooh. Hell yeah. Love this song. I would I would mind seeing some Raven footage from this show. Yeah, for, for real. It'd be interesting, right? Clip with the Rickenbacker. Excuse me, Rickenbacker. Is it Bacher or Backer? I've always heard Bacher, but I think I think it's actually Rickenbacker. Well, we better get to the bottom of it. It just sounds—it makes it sound like you're from the north. If you say Rickenbacker. 
Cliff just looking evil. That red light on him. It's definitely an underappreciated song. Oh, yeah. I remember, I'm sure you've played the Metro before, but oh, yeah. I remember last time I was there, it's probably been six or so, seven years. I remember like setting up on that stage and thinking like, like now one of the more like iconic Metallica early shows was on this stage. I don't think I knew that this was Metro footage when I played there. Really? But I definitely, you know, played the Troubadour maybe 10 times. Yeah. And every time I played the Troubadour, I was like, Metallica played this stage. Mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses Guns played N Roses, this stage. Yeah, totally. Elton John and yeah, the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt. And all of it. Legends, Carly Simon. Legends. I've played there. And then, of course, the big ones, you know, like Red Rocks and Hollywood Bowl. Of course, yeah. The Gorge. Yep. For me, the Gorge was big because of Pearl Jam and Dave Matthews. Right, of course. They, they've been doing three... Nights at the Gorge, these huge Nights at the Gorge every year yeah. for like decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that venue is always one of my favorites on tour. Uh, Unbelievable. For those of you who don't know, it's like out in the mountains, kind of in the middle of nowhere. In, it's in George Washington, right? Yeah. And when you get out there, man, like the stage overlooks this a huge gorge. It's beautiful. It, it, I mean, it looks it's, like a, paint, a painting. It's just amazing. There's just never a bad vibe when I've been there. The second you get off the bus, you're like, ah, oh, it's like that just awesome. I've only cool done it one, one time. But really? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. Play there maybe 10 times. I hope I get to play there again. Lunar Satan 2021. That's right, man. Which you're the drummer of, by the way. Fair, I'll do it. If you can, if you can handle it. Shoot. If I can handle it. I'd have to learn how to play it. Yeah, same. And sing it. That's one of my favorite riffs on Kill 'Em All. James rocking that bullet bail. Kurt kind of has like a vampire Lestat vibe. He totally does. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say vampire dad? No, vampire Lestat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> could also be a vampire dad, a vampire yeah. daddy. Man, we were so lucky we have this footage. I know. Oh, this is when it gets his guitar goes out. <laughs> I just love seeing them in a club, man. I know. It's so cool. Club shows are my favorite. I love that Cliff is doubling that riff. I know. That's a that's a tough riff to play. That is, that's a very maiden riff. Dude, if I was like a little scene kid in Chicago going to these shows, my arm is getting tired of fist pumping. Oh, yeah. These dudes are fist pumping nonstop. Oh, yeah. For sure they are. Whole show. I would also be scared if James leaned over the crowd like he just did and screamed something at me. Like, oh, my God, he's gonna he's going to kill me. They just had that wild, young energy, yeah. man. They they were out to fucking kill. I you mean, can tell. Even even Kill 'Em All, man, has better songs than a lot of that stuff that was coming out. I yeah. mean, like you, you dip into saying no disrespect to bands like Raven or whoever, but a lot of the early 
especially you know barrier thrash like if you listen to the early 80s stuff it's like this still stands out man i mean this to me competes with like the stuff they love this competes with like priest and maiden yeah in my humbled opinion humbled opinion sir You got to walk into Metallica's HQ, and everyone at Hetfield's most famous guitars are on the wall. Which one did you grab first to play? Uncle Milty. Uncle Milty. The black Les Paul custom. I'd probably go with this Electra he's playing here, or the black ESP eighty four. Yeah, from the like black album, Justice Black Album era. crazy thing too in this era they were doing what a lot of us have done in bands you finish your show got a couple roadies packing stuff up and you go hang by the merch booth oh yeah meet fans yep. sell merch and all that stuff well a lot of these smaller clubs if you're not the headliner there's only one green room headliners in it yeah so i mean how many tours did you do where oh, this it is. Is when kirk loses his guitar Here, you take it. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Give it back. I didn't mean that. Look, he's trying. He's like looking over his tech. (laughs) He took it. I love how that dude just jumps right in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Trying to put the spotlight on it. Still plugged in. That that dude looked like a Rome guy for a second. I love that tech in his cutoff jean shorts. (laughs) Yeah. He's wearing cut-off jean shorts and a, and a denim vest. And Kirk just plugs it Come back on, in. Guys. He's laughing. But anyway, you know, the tours where there's just nowhere for you to go and you got to wait for loadout. Yeah. And there's nothing to do but drink and hang out at the merch. Yeah, totally. I mean, I got to a point, because it wasn't really my band. I was always just playing guitar for somebody. Right. Where, like, me and some of their band guys go find another bar. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're not if you're not the star of the show, no one cares who you are. Get out of the venue and go find something fun to do. Which people cared who we were, but right. I didn't care to help sell that that dickhead sell merch. Yeah, I didn't totally. care about that. Nah, you know, I hear you. This is where Lars goes goes bye bye with all the fog. That's a cool riff, too. Yeah. Ah. He's, he's, you can tell in that those early songs, he was kind of trying to do that. British thing, the Halford thing, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, 
feel like you can almost tell here these like, damn, why did I, why did I sing this so high? Yeah. Yeah, they sound kind of tired. Yeah. That was Kirk or uh, a Cliff. Cliff, I think. Cliff used to dip that pickup and that Rickenbacker in wax. Yeah. Try to dull the sound. The rare sighting of Lars with the ride symbol. Yeah, it's funny. He's like killing that. Oh yeah. Ride symbol on a verse. It's all over. Kill them all. He definitely sounds tired. It's just such a physical show. Yeah. And you know how the Metro is too, man. It's hot, sweaty. Oh, very much so. Loud as shit in there. Yeah. solo part looky what I got is that on Discogs yet James Ripped to shreds. OG pressing right there, man. Man. You just don't think about that stuff, obviously, when you're a young band in clubs that one day you're going to be the biggest metal band of all time. I mean, yeah, you you dream of it, you hope for it, but you don't think it's possible almost. And that thing you just threw in in the crowd is worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars now. Funny that the label wouldn't let him call it metal up your ass, but they'll let you call it kill them all. Sure. So I want you all to repeat after me. Metal up your ass. Y'all got it? I got it. Doing some crowd work. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh. oh, bye. More home video. I'm not your pal, guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is some serious, like, them as the Ghostbusters stuff, all living in the same house. I know, just chilling. Just drinking together. Just drinking and listening to beer. I think that's it. Listening to beer? Listen, I say listening to beer? I yeah. sure did. <laughs> just drinking metal and listening to beer. <laughs> Oh, well, there we have it. Now we're letting, now we're watching the credits roll. A little montage of photos of Cliff, man. Well, I enjoyed that very much. I did too. It reminds me of being a kid. It reminds me of with my little my little gang of dudes that I had at that time, 13, right. 14, who, I mean, Metallica was just the greatest band ever. That's Absolutely. just all we cared about. And we devoured stuff like this. Absolutely. Well, it's just so hard to come by back then too. We didn't have the internet or anything like that, so... Like I talked about earlier, you know, I got friends like my buddy Hector that just people pass videos around, bootlegs around, and that's just how you discovered music, how you got access to stuff like this. And it was such an exciting time, you know. I love that photo cliff, by the way. Well, we appreciate all you out there in Metal Group Podcast Land. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We will be back next week as per usual. Nice to breathe. Because we don't take weeks off. We don't even know how to. I don't know how to. Yes. Here's your homework out there. You know the deal. Leave the iTunes review. You might win something. You might. Again, we're going to be drawing five names starting from September 1st through November 1st. If you leave the positive review and make it colorful, talk about our heinies if you mm-hmm. want. Yeah, that, it, guess what? Doesn't hurt my feelings. No. You know, it encourages my feelings. And then also, if you're willing and able, if it makes sense for you, wherever you're at in this, in, in God's green earth, <laughs> uh, you can support us on Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. It really goes a long way. People all over the world have, have said, we'll buy you a beer if you're ever in town. That's right. This is an opportunity for you to uh, buy us a couple of beers a month. Yeah. And we are giving away the S&M2 Deluxe Vinyl Box Set to a lucky Patreon member also on November 1st. That's right. And uh, a lot of giveaways coming up. A lot of give. Well, we, yeah. We give it away, give it away, give it away now. One Mr. Uh, Sir Anthony Kiedis yes. once said, "Tony Kiedis, T- Tony Kiedis." <laughs> well, we love you out there, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say peace. Adios. <laughs>